Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Rohan Andrew. Awesome. And yeah, my, my testimony, um, I think it was last week, not last weekend. Yeah, I think it was last weekend, wasn't it? I went to see some family members in, um, it was uh, my niece's first birthday in Orpington. And um, do you know what? After preaching that message a couple of weeks ago, it just really kind of spoke to me. You know, sometimes you, you bring something, it's like it's for you as well. And it's not like I'm not reaching out to people or just telling people about God, but it was like, do you know what, I need, we need to up this. This needs to be more of a lifestyle, a daily thing. So I had this, um, this party that I went to, and on the way there in the car, me and Anna were saying, you, you know what, we need to just be intentional about what we're, we're going to do. You know, there's going to be family members there we haven't seen for 10 years plus, there's going to be friends of my sister there, you know, friends that know the, the one-year-old girl. And um, they're just people that just don't know about Jesus. And, you know, all of what we're doing is for, that, for those people's benefit. We know that God has given his life for them. He wants them to live in an abundant life. He wants them to live a life free of junk that goes on. He wants to break off the guilt, the shame. He wants to break off all of the negatives of life and bring blessing and positiveness to their life give them a reason to live and you know it's having that heart when you when you're around people that don't believe and carrying that with you that will help them you know help you to witness to them so anyway in the car me and Anna are like right okay I'm just gonna let I'm just gonna take every opportunity I get and I'm gonna I'm gonna just allow God to bring the right people into the right bring me into the right conversations with people and just share my faith so um First of all, I spoke to one of my cousins who I haven't seen for a long, long time. And, you know, we were just talking about, you know, what you, know, what you do now, what am I doing now? I've got an easy, easy way to bring the gospel in because people often ask me, what am, I, you know, what am I doing now? And I'm like, you know, I'm a pastor of a church. So it's a very simple way to jump into a conversation about God. But do you know what? It's for, I can still take two options. I can still just say, oh, yeah, I'm a pastor of a church of a church yeah I lead a church you know I kind of got into it uh, you know a number of years ago we were leading the youth work and then the pastor left and then he handed it over to my, me and my wife and sometimes I've just said that and just left it like that and then we move, the conversation moves on but this time I was like okay I'm gonna make sure I steer the conversation in a way that I'm actually witnessing to him so it, so after I kind of said what I do now then I was like I explained how I got into it and I gave him my testimony from, you know, 17 years ago when I, get, when I gave my life to the Lord. So I gave him my, old, my whole testimony and I just asked him about what he believes in and, and we just went into a big conversation about God and it kind of just, it, it was great. It, it culminated in him saying, oh, you know, I should really find out a bit more about who God is and, you know, I do pray but I just pray to, you know, God out there. But he, he was really interested and then, after that conversation, his girlfriend, um, she, she, was, she was around us when we were talking about this. And then, she, then we started talking about our house because they were looking for a house. And I was talking about how, you know, I prayed for this house that was really the, the probability of us getting this place was just next to nothing. But with prayer, you know, God answered our prayer and we got this house. And she was like really kind of stunned by that. and was like, oh, yeah, wow, you know, prayer prayer works because they know how difficult it is to get the place that they're looking for and then after that conversation I had another conversation with a guy who was a Sikh 
And we, I, again, I just, we talked about, you know, what I do, what he does. Um, he was into IT. I used to, I used to do IT. And um, he said, you know, I, I really want to do stuff where I'm actually giving to people. I don't like just working, sitting in front of a computer. And I said, oh, yeah, me too. You know, that's how I kind of, you know, got into what I'm doing now. I just didn't want to just do a normal job. I just wanted to kind of serve God full time. And I told him about, and then I brought that into my testimony again and gave my whole testimony. And he was really, he was touched by it. He was like, wow, that is, a, that's the kind of life I want to live. I want to live a life of people. So I kind of, you know, just continued witnessing to him. But I just want to share from that, that you kind of, you need to be intentional about how you approach conversations. You, you can always steer a conversation off and just, you know, cut God out of it. But you can make a conversation about God and you can share your testimony. And your testimony is probably one of the most powerful tools you can use in witnessing to people because it, it's how you became, it's your personal uh, journey of how you became a believer. So they need to hear that. So yeah, so, th- so that was it. But this morning... Before we have communion, I want to just talk about um, what it is to have faith. And this is something very important to us because if we, if we don't understand why we believe and what we believe and, and we have our belief is like solid inside of us, then it's going to be very difficult to encourage other people to uh, come to know God because you You've got, you've got to be firm and solid in your own faith, in your own belief, and your own, have your own conviction of what you believe in before you can tell other people about God. Does that make sense? Um, I love um, Eve Rose from last week, her testimonies about um, her outreach and stuff that she was doing in Haiti. And... There were some powerful testimonies that she gave, and she gave me more. We, we kind of sat down the week before, and we just had a chat about what she was going to share, and she gave me loads more stories than what she gave. Um, and she, she was, she's a woman of faith. And actually, it's a shame we couldn't see her pictures because she had like a slideshow of different pictures on it. But she, there's some pictures there where she literally had nothing. Her, her, her husband took a picture of her literally at one of her lowest points and he just kind of took a picture of this this landscape that was just barren just it was like uh, because the earthquake had hit Haiti and then this hurricane had come through the area that, that they lived in and she had nothing left it was just all swept away but she it was at that point that God began to speak to her about what he wanted her to do and when he he told her about you know adopting these children and starting a a kind of like an orphanage and bringing, you know, starting a school and starting from scratch. You know, it was then that she really just grabbed hold of God and and her life is a life of living by faith, walking by faith. She lived by faith and God just provided and provided and provided. And just crazy stories. I know many of you have heard of Heidi Baker, who um, has a ministry in Mozambique. She's got a similar story to Heidi Baker, where it's just, there was nothing, and God gave her a vision, God gave her a call, God told her what to do, and she did it faithfully, and it was like just miracle after miracle after miracle. People would just turn up with a truckload of food, a truckload of stuff, and just say, is, you know, is this for you? And it, it would feed the people that needed to be fed. Money would come in, and she gave loads of stories of healings and miracles and all sorts of things. But it was, it's, 
living, she, she believed in God. She knew who God was. She heard the call of God. She did what God told her to do. And God just came through and came through and came through. And I want to kind of touch on that this morning. I want to share some stuff from the funeral that I led this week. Um, Because I want to just honour the faith of the Pam family who are here this morning. Because I don't think I've ever seen in my life, having gone round to their house and preparing for the funeral, and actually at the funeral, people that are so solid in God in the midst of tragedy. Their faith is like, you know, sometimes with our faith, the the rubber hits the road, if you know what I mean by that phrase, there, there comes a time where faith can't just be a kind of thing that we've been taught or theory or a head knowledge or just kind of stuff that we've heard preached at us or stuff we've even read in the Bible. It has to become real. It has to become real and solid and it's, it's reality. And I want to ask you the question this morning, is your faith in God a reality? Are we living in theory or are we living in hope? Hope can sometimes just be, it's out there. I know God's out there. I kind of believe in him. I kind of, but is it a reality, a living faith, living, breathing faith? And sometimes when God allows tragedy to happen and, and, and things, bad things happen, um, it's, that, it's at those points where we know where we're at with God. And, you know, we're not, God is a blessing, a loving God. He wants to bless us. He wants to keep us and protect us. But sometimes things happen to us just like everyone else. Sometimes things happen, bad things happen. But it's at those times where God kind of like, it, it, it does something in you where you kind of either have to renounce God. You, 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 God is either real or he's not real in those moments. And it, you either go to him or you go in another direction. And God wants us to be so solid in our faith that we never go back to anything else, we never go to any other, in any other direction, but we go to him. And there were some moments in this funeral, there was one moment in particular in the crematorium where um, one of the family members was praying, where it just hit me. I, I was just kind of stood there, and I was, it, it was a bit of one of those surreal moments. I was just like, wow, this... This faith we have in God, at the lowest, lowest, lowest point in, in their lives, was re- it, this is real. Do you, can you, do you pick up what I'm trying to say? It, it's, it's, it has to be real. We, you can't, at those moments in time, you can't be just speaking to an invisible being out there somewhere who has got, you know, who's given us some kind of promises. It's like, this is, this is real or this isn't real. And the family clung to God and stayed, stood firm in God. And it, it kind of like, I was like, wow, that's just, that's faith. That's real faith. That's real belief. And I was thinking to myself, there's unbelievers 
in the room, I wonder what they think when they hear people praying like that, believing like that, standing firm like that. That is such a witness to them. In the midst of what's going on, it's a witness like no other that they're still believing in God. They're still proclaiming his goodness. They're still proclaiming his name. They're still believing that he has the best for them. And he's with them, and he's their comfort, he's their shelter, he's their rock, their, that firm foundation. And it, do you know, it, that, that's going to stick with me for life. And it's faith, it's having 100% faith in God. You know, there's very few points in the New Testament where it talks about examining yourself. And in fact, the other point to what I'm going to share is it is. Paul talked about examining yourself before you take communion. And that was actually aimed at people that were take commun- taking communion in a wrong way, that were just eating the bread and drinking the wine because they were hungry. So he was telling them off and telling them to examine themselves and don't do that. The other point in the, in the word where it says to examine yourself is in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5 to 6, it says, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test. And I believe when it says unless, of course, you fail the test, it means that you, you, you've worked out, actually, I'm not, I'm not saved. I don't really believe in God. That's kind of the failing of the test. And I don't believe that applies to anyone here that's, you know, that's, that's saved. But it says examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. And we, we need to make sure we are make, we are 100% sure that we are in the faith. And verse 6 says, um, and I trust that you will discover that, that we, you have not failed the test. So Paul was telling people, examine yourself. Make sure you're in the faith. Make sure you, you know what you believe. You know that you know that you know, I believe that God is real. That Jesus has done everything that he said he's done. It's, it's a good thing to do. It's a healthy thing to do. In the book of Job, many of you all know the story, tragedy happened. And I'm just going to read some of, the, some of the bits of it. But Job, in all the stuff that went wrong, he did not renounce his belief in God. He stood firm. He believed. He, he, even with everything going on, he said, I will still praise you. In Job 1... Um, 8 to 11 it says then the Lord said to Satan have you considered my servant Job there is no one on earth like him he's blameless upright a man who fears God and shuns evil does Job fear you for nothing Satan said have you not put a hedge around him and around his household and everything he has you have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land but now stretch out your hand Satan was saying to God um and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. Do you know that's Satan's kind of attempt on us all? He's, it's his attack on us, on us all. He, he's called the um, accuser of the brethren. He comes before God to accuse us before God day and night. And it's like he, he, wants, to, he wants us to turn our backs on God. I talked about that a few weeks about. Uh, a few weeks ago, about giving up. He wants us to give up. He wants, to renounce, wants us to renounce God. He wants us to turn our back on God and go the opposite way. He wants us to backslide and just disappear and say, oh God, you know, you're not real. This is all rubbish. He wants us to do that. And just like he said here with, with Job. So God allowed him to take away from some stuff from Job's life. And it was quite painful. 
But Job's reply in verse 21 and 22, it says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And in all this, Job did not sin by charging God with any wrongdoing. And basically, his family had died. His cattle, his servants, everything he had just was taken away. And he still said, God, I believe in you. Naked I came, naked I'm going to leave. The Lord is given, the Lord is taken away. Um, but may the name of the Lord be praised. Is our faith there today? Is our faith in a place today? If God took everything away, would we still praise him? When the negative stuff or bad stuff happens in life and we've all been through it and we've all experienced stuff, will we still praise him even though, even through the storm, even through the circumstances of life, even through the tough times, even through when things are just going completely wrong? So Satan's reply was this, okay, so so God's proved that, that Job still praised him even though everything negative was happening. Satan said, skin for skin, a man will give all that he has for his own life, but now stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, he, has, he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, here's an encouraging wife, are you, are you still maintaining your integrity? Just curse God and die. <laughs> Sometimes you need to block out those voices. He replied, you were talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. Do you know his wife, actually, if you think about what his wife said, it's, it sounded exactly like what Satan said. So sometimes you know, we know the enemy speaks through people and will want to discourage us, want to kind of knock our faith, want to, you know, just kind of steer us off path, want to bring negative words in and all of that stuff. But he still did not sin against God, it said. So in all that God allowed to happen in his life, he didn't turn his life, he didn't turn from God. And God, basically throughout the whole story, it talks, it just, you know, his friends come along, they encourage him for a bit, sometimes they're a bit negative, but he maintained his, his conviction of who God was in his life throughout the whole of that book. And that's actually a very powerful book, you should read it. Um, and he in the end, God blessed him. Everything that was taken away, God gave him, I think it was like double back. God gave him everything back, restored everything to him. And that's God's heart as well. He's a, he's a God of restoration, amen? Even though stuff happens and stuff's taken away and stuff goes wrong, he restores us back. The years that the locust has eaten, he gives back. He restores us, he redeems us, he brings us back. But that's my message today to you. Are you in the faith? Are you firm and solid in God? Do you know who he is? And actually, the one way that we know who God is and the one place we get our faith from is the word. The word of God is where we have all of our understanding of God. It's the revelation of that word is what keeps us. keeps us solid. It keeps us firm. 
Like I preached about uh, a few months ago now about keeping our stakes firmly in the ground. It's the word that keeps us standing firm in who he is. Nessandra read some scriptures out and they, they were exactly about who, who God is. That's exactly what he wants us to do. I'm just going to flick back to um, John 14. And just, just hear this. I'll just read a chunk of it. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So Jesus was talking to his disciples. In my father's house, there are many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to that place of where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. So Philip, another disciple, said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for so long, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I don't speak on my own authority. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing the work. And he goes on. And, but he is, if, you've, if you know Jesus, you know the Father. He says he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. No one can come to the Father but through him. He is God. And we need a revelation of that and we need a conviction of that in our lives. That he is God. And for anyone here today who doesn't know God, before we take communion, I just want to preach the gospel basically. God is a God of justice and he's a perfect God. And we expect of a perfect God that he will judge the wrong things that we do in life fairly and he is, the, he is the perfect judge. And we've done bad stuff in our lives. It's called sin. And he judges sin. And his perfect judgment for those of us that have sinned and don't know him is death. That is the end of his judgment for, for you. It's death. That's the bad news. The good news is that he decided that John 3.16... He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If we believe in him, we can have eternal life. You know, he said, right, I'm going to do something about your sin. I'm going to send my son to come in flesh, part of me, and die for you so that you, your sins can be forgiven and that all of my judgment that I was going to place on your life will be placed on him. So Jesus went to the cross, died, bled, for all, for all of our sin, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have made mistakes in life and said things, done things, thought things, word and deed. And he died for us on that cross so that we could be saved. He died for us in our place. We should have been on that cross. That's what we deserve, death. He took our place. God made a way so that we could be saved. And all God wants us to do is accept that sacrifice and say, Jesus, forgive me for all of my sins. Forgive me for all of the bad stuff that I've done in life. Lord, I give you my life. I want to live my life for you. Come and be my Lord and Savior. And it says that if you 
call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. If you put your trust in him, you will be saved. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. He wants to wipe away all of your sin, all of your shame, all of your guilt. He, only, he didn't only just go to the cross to, for, for the forgiveness of sins, but he actually went to the cross for our healing, for us spiritually, physically, mentally. He wants to, David, before you disappear, could you jump up? Please? Could the worship guys just come up, please? Um, he has come, he came so that we can be, live a life in all of its fullness, with all of its blessing. Jesus came so that we could live a life that glorifies him, that has purpose, that has meaning, has reason. And that's the gospel today. And if you want to commit your life to God, if you want to pray that prayer with someone, just come and speak to one of us leaders that are on the front row and we can pray that prayer with you. But God is good. And I just want to read this scripture. And this is from Psalm 62 before we take communion. It says, Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. This is faith. This is faith. This is who we believe in. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Mm. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. That's a solid, solid scripture. Read Psalm 62. Now in Colossians it says, You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature because your sinful nature was not yet cut away, then God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. He's made a way for us to be set free of all the junk of life. Anything we've experienced or gone through, all the issues and stuff that we just pick up from life, whether that's abuse, whether it's just stuff that's negative stuff that people have spoken over us. He just wants all of that stuff to be put to the cross, nailed and dealt with, and he wants us to live a life full of him, live a life as witnesses to other people around us, like that city set on the hill, that light shining out to other people. So if you just like to stand to your feet, The gospel is powerful. It's the power of God unto salvation. It's the truth. And we should live with our lives anchored to that truth, anchored to his word. As we take communion today, and please only take communion if you have given your life to God. Let's remember what he did for us on that cross. Let's remember his body that he gave for us the blood that he shed for us. And as we eat and we drink, let's just appropriate that power into our lives. Amen. 
Communion is a time of power, of God breaking through. It's a time where you can make that fresh commitment to him. If you feel like you're away from God, or you're a bit backslidden, you're a bit kind of lukewarm, and you're not quite feel like you're there with him, take this opportunity to just rededicate your life to God. Take this opportunity to make firm your confession of faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Just take this opportunity to just solidify your faith. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So one by one, if you just like to come up as we just worship and take communion, take a piece of bread, receive it, receive the body of Christ afresh and take the cup receive that that it's the new covenant what he's done for us and receive that and appropriate that into your life and just pray and just make sure you're in the faith and just appropriate that and just make sure you're solid in God and ask him to give you the grace to be able to be solid in God he we need his spirit to be able to do that so just feel free when you're ready to just come forward Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.